Hey, this is Matt. Before we get started, um, if you've been listening along, thank you so much. You know I've not really shied away from being vulnerable with, uh, with Crazy Day, and this episode is no different. Writing the script for this episode was, you know, there was a lot of processing from my own stuff that went into it, but once I started recording it, a lot of stuff started coming up, and uh, it started to kind of move me towards the end of it. I thought about re-recording it to make a more polished episode, but that kind of felt like losing what made it special, at least for me. So I am going to keep this episode as I recorded it, um, and hopefully that carries something for you, the listener. So enjoy some vulnerable processing that I wasn't expecting. Enjoy the ride. Welcome to Crazy Day, where I explore my own curiosity and invite you along for the ride. Ready to go? For a lot of my life, especially as a kid, I've often felt like a bit of an outsider. While I've had friends and people like me just fine, the feeling of being left out or not belonging is one that I'm very familiar with in my life. Sometimes you just feel invisible, even in a crowd for some reason. Growing up, my family went to church pretty regularly, while my experience in my younger years was the pretty standard Sunday school type of thing, moving into junior high meant I got to go to youth group, where the activities were a little more social and everything was supposed to be a lot cooler, especially in the 80s and 90s. I do remember that there was a period of a few years where we didn't have a permanent, full-time youth pastor type of person running the program, though. Our youth group went through a series of interim leaders, but I don't remember who any of them were, really. The way I remember it, it felt as though they were there because someone asked them to fill in the vacancy, rather than performing a role they actually wanted to do. Us kids would show up on Sunday mornings and evenings and couldn't be left alone, so someone had to be with us and provide some kind of leadership, teach us something, or throw on a fire-by-night video, and they were it. Maybe they were chosen by God. Maybe they just drew the short straw. <laughs> As kids, we don't really know how those decisions were made. I don't have a lot of clear memories of those years, or the people even, and perhaps that is telling enough of how impactful they were on me. One Sunday, we were introduced to Jim, the latest player of Youth Pastor Roulette. But while he was new to the position, many of us already knew him from a totally different role. See, our church also ran a large summer camp program, and Jim was one of the guys who did a lot of stuff around there. He kept the grounds, did maintenance, and ran different activities, that kind of stuff. But Jim wasn't your stereotypical, clean-cut, charismatic, put-together youth pastor type. Jim was different. My earliest memories of him from camp wasn't as a counselor or a director or anything— he was the guy that hung out in the woods. I mean, like, all the time. If you wanted to find Jim, you went back in the woods to find him in one of the activity areas, and he was probably out there doing one thing or another. He had picked out an area back there and built a ropes course for the older kids. Think about the kinds of things you see in the army movies where they show the basic training montage, or more modern stuff where like Tough Mudder races or Spartan races where the you get the people climbing ropes or they help each other over walls, that kind of thing. 
Later, he put up a confidence course in the trees. You know, like one of those deals where they string a bunch of ropes and cables up high and you have to navigate them while you're hooked up to safety harnesses. We even had a zip line back there. Jim loved the outdoors, and he was also a little, I don't know, off. He was loud. His humor was different. It, it wasn't off-color or rude, but it was sharper. He loved metal and hard rock when the rest of us were listening to the soft and syrupy contemporary church music that was so prevalent in the 80s. He told stories of a rough past before he found his way into the church, stories of living on his own in the woods of the Pacific Northwest for a year, eating squirrels and berries and stuff. I don't remember why now, though. He didn't talk about it much, or at least not to me, but it was clear that Jim's background had been pretty dark. Now, even though our church was not your typical, traditional, liturgical church, Jim was not the guy you would have thought to be moved into the youth pastor role, or whatever they were calling it. True to form, Jim's teaching style was just as unorthodox as he was, presented from a different perspective and a different style, but also applicable, engaging, and wonderful, as I remember it. Jim was an outsider. Just like I've felt like for so much of my life. But it wasn't Jim's teaching that impacted me so much. That's not why I remember him 30 years later. See, Jim stuck around long enough to start putting together creative activities for the youth group. Stuff we had never done before, and that I've rarely heard of any other youth group doing either. Scavenger hunts around town creative games of capture the flag in the woods after dark, a lock-in every year for New Year's where we would stay up all night at the church doing a variety of events until our parents picked us up the next morning red-eyed and buzzing on Mountain Dew. We went on weekend retreats that involved camping or spelunking in some unheard-of cave in West Virginia. The type of stuff you'd expect from a man who came to us as a guy who lived in the woods, you know? Now, while everyone was invited to these events, he soon realized that there was a core group of us who attended almost everything he came up with. One Friday night, he called me at home out of the blue to see if I wanted to go hiking at Sugarloaf Mountain with a few of the other regulars the next morning. My parents gave their blessing, and he said he'd swing by to pick me up the next morning. He showed up at my house in the church van with a few others, and we set out for an adventure in western Maryland. And that was the first of many last-minute adventure days with Jim. He'd call me on a Friday. We'd head out on a Saturday. We went rappelling after he taught us the ropes, pun intended, teaching the stronger kids how to belay us down the cliff. When we explored the woods, he taught us how to identify clean water to fill our water bottles while we hiked. We'd spot animal tracks or explore waterfalls, and we got into a little trouble here and there, but we always felt safe with him. Life with Jim was unpredictable. It was random, and it was definitely an adventure. I don't know why he picked me out of the crowd to be in his random adventure club. I don't know why I was so lucky, and I don't recall ever asking him, but it also wasn't important to me. Jim saw something in me and asked me to hang out with him, even though I wasn't one of the cool kids. 
maybe because he wasn't one of the cool kids either. He's, he saw me and he wanted to hang out with me and he wanted me to hang out with him. Unlike any of the youth leaders before or after him. One Sunday, I came to church and Jim wasn't there. Someone else ran youth group that day without much explanation. He wasn't there the next Sunday either. He was just gone, without a goodbye, without an explanation. Nobody seemed to know why he was gone, or if they did, they wouldn't say. To this day, I still don't know why he left, but Jim was gone, and it, and it hurt a little. <laughs> All right, it hurt a lot. This being the days before cell phones, email, or the internet, I didn't have any way of contacting him either. Shortly thereafter, some proper youth pastors came in and set up a proper youth group program, and I went back to feeling invisible and awkward and out of place. Jim wasn't in my life for all that long, really, but he left a hell of an impact on me. Then one day in 2010, I was browsing my mom's Facebook page and noticed someone named Jim on her friends list. I clicked on his name, saw that he lived in Oregon, and that a lot of his mutual friends were from those old church days. I'd found him. I'd found him. I added him as a friend, and we started an on-again, off-again conversation on DM. Eventually, we set up a time to talk, and we spent a few glorious hours catching up that night. But while it was amazing to talk to him again and to share some of my thoughts and, you know, just tell him how life had gone and to tell him thank you, it was also bittersweet. I mean, over 15 years had passed since we had last been together. We had grown up, gotten married, had life experiences. We had changed. Towards the end of the conversation, I remember he said something that hit me as both painful and profound. It's been well over 10 years, so I don't remember the exact words, but to paraphrase it in my own words, he said, Matt, I have really enjoyed talking to you tonight. It's been so great to hear you and to see how you've grown. And while I would love to think that we will talk again before I die, I am also under no illusions that this will be a regular thing. If it is, then this will be great. But if this is the last time we speak, that will also be great. I want to make a point to make this conversation and this time the best it can be. To appreciate that we have it and cherish it without clouding it with any expectation that it will be anything more. And in that moment it hurt, because I was already planning on how we would rekindle the relationship of my youth, you know? How we'd have regular phone calls and all that. But I also felt the wisdom in the words of this unorthodox wild man turned confidence course designer, turned 
interim youth pastor turned whatever the hell he had become. <laughs> this man who saw me once upon a time when I deeply needed it. And as much as it hurt to imagine that that would be the last time I would ever talk to Jim, he spent that time to help me learn to relish the moments that I have with the people in my life for as long as I have with them and to not put expectations on them or the relationship, to live in the moment with them and to love them as if that is the only moment I have with them. And if I get more, that's, that's great. And if that's the last moment we have, that's also great. To have, to have no regrets about anything that we did. Some relationships last a lifetime. Some last less than that. And some last mere moments. I mean, we just don't know, do we? One of my longest running relationships in my entire life is with a man who made me mad enough to kick him in the balls on one of our first interactions. There are others that I was deeply close with for a time that have fallen away for one reason or another. I mean, when I first met my wife, I had no idea how special she would become to me. Besides a few random interactions on Facebook, I still haven't spoken to Jim since that night in 2010. But true to his word, he made the most of that conversation more than few others ever have. But then, that's what he did. Every time we were together. That's what happens when you see the other person for who they are, where they are. I've tried to emulate that as I've grown and met with people. It's a hard lesson that I'm still learning, but Jim showed me that it's one that's worth learning. So I wonder, what kind of expectations do you carry into your relationships? How would you change how you treat the people you encounter each day if you didn't know if you would see them tomorrow? For me, it has made each relationship so much richer, whether it's the random person I sit next to at my favorite hangout spot, or my closest friendships, or anybody in between. <sighs> so that's it for this episode of Crazy Day. Wasn't expecting it to go that way, but there we go. If you like this episode, and you're listening to this on a podcast player, I'd appreciate it if you'd give it a review. Or give it a rating. If you're on Apple Podcasts, I think you can give it a review if you haven't already. If you know of somebody who might appreciate this episode, feel free to give it a share. And uh, I think that helps algorithms and things like that. As always, I love you guys so much. And we'll see you on the next crazy day. <laughs>